This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from low self-esteem. If so, then BetterHelp wants to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and to help you. You get to talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, and they give you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Join the 2 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And there's a special offer to Nowhere to Be Found listeners. You'll get 10% off of your first month, but only if you go through the link or type in betterhelp.com slash ntbf for Nowhere to Be Found. That's better betterhelp.com slash ntbf. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And you can find the link in our show notes and on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Oregon Wild Rice. Oregon Wild Rice is a local company that we are so excited to be partnering with. The Langdon family have been farming in Harrisburg for approximately 120 years. They started out as a farm to sustain their growing family and then grew into commercial farming. 80 years ago, they acquired 140 acres with heavy clay soil. For 75 years, the family had drained the land and tried to grow grass seed with varying results. Five years ago, they decided to stop fighting the land. They moved some dirt, built berms on two sides, and within three days, they had rice paddies. So far, they have not had to add water to the paddies. Oregon wild rice grows in 100% Oregon rain. I love that this rice is locally grown and sustained right here in Harrisburg. It's important to know where your food comes from these days. Here in the Pacific Northwest, it doesn't get any better than Oregon wild rice. I got to try their wild rice recently, and I can honestly say that I've never seen rice like this before. I'm genuinely a picky eater and greet most foods with skepticism, but I was blown away. Their rice is a healthy, delicious, better choice side dish. So thanks again to Oregon Wild Rice for sponsoring tonight's episode. I'll post the link to their website in our show notes so you can check them out. Previously on Nowhere to be Found. She was born in Arkansas, outside, underneath the black walnut tree. He was a really fun, happy kid. Uh, real big into hiking. Her brother passed last June 19th. She disappeared pretty soon after he passed. Ten days. I think she just needed to escape. I'm your host, Amanda Papineau, and this is Nowhere to be Found. In 
between last week's episode, we heard about Fauna's childhood and some of her more recent struggles with loss and trauma. Tonight, we'll finish my interview with Fauna's dad, John. He's been through so much in the last eight months, and although it's extremely difficult for him to talk about, he is a pillar of strength and perseverance when it comes to looking for his daughter. There are a few names you'll hear me mention to John, so I want to note that before interviewing John, I was in contact with Jenny, Mickey, and Lorna, the trio of ladies that have been running the Help Find Fauna Fry Facebook page and acting as a buffer for some of the things that go to John. They've been extremely helpful in a number of ways, and we'll hear more from them later. Then finally, the uh, the Jeep was found. Okay. And when was that? Uh, um, I believe October 23rd. Okay. So, leaves in late June. Four months later, her Jeep shows up kind of way out in the middle of nowhere, right? Correct. Not in a spot that you would suspect, like not a spot that has any sentimental value to no, you or the, anything? the spot was actually hidden. Okay. It was off on a side uh, mining road that uh, was hidden from even the, the rough gravel road. And it was down about um, 75 yards where it couldn't even be seen by the, you know, through the, the foliage. And Who found it? Well, we I... tried to track that down. Uh, the sheriff down there, they got a, a report from somebody that was supposedly just looking around. And, just uh, looking around. Okay. Is it like near a hiking trail where that would be plausible or not really? No. And we tried to investigate that guy too. And I called him once and, uh, for a while the sheriff wouldn't even give us his name. And we finally got his name. Uh, there's so many side stories on this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, first the- when the Jeep was found, the sheriff didn't want me down there. Uh, he told me that it looked like uh, uh, bears had eaten fauna, and it turns out that that was a bunch of crap. Based on what? Uh, what was he saying? Why would he think oh, that? Oh, there, there, there's, there were some, there was bear uh, spore and uh, mm-hmm. scat and okay. uh, bear prints, but and then there were some. Uh, bags of clothing that had nothing to do with fauna. You know, There'd be a lot of evidence like the to place that was used for squatters, right? And if yeah, there was a bear black attack, bear generally don't uh, you know chew people up? No, you uh, would definitely know that there was a huge uh, fight there somewhere in the in the evidence. I would think there was nothing to show anything. Okay, like that. so. Okay, he so he just wanted to keep me away from the scene. Sure. So okay. That was only going to work for a short time. We had people looking on the police dispatch, and the sheriff didn't even call me up to tell me that the jeep was found. We found out ourselves, and then he only talked to me uh, because he knew that we had found that out. Oh, okay. Dang. So again, kind of getting the runaround. Uh, on all different oh, yeah. fronts. So how many times do you think you've been down to Grant's Pass looking at this point? I just got back last night. Oh, did you? Uh, um, 
you know, I've been following up other leads. There's been, you know, hundreds of other leads. Some having to do with human trafficking, some having to do with people that they, they thought they saw upon a, just numerous things. I've been to the coast, out to Brookings several times. I've been up to the Bay Area, helicopters flying up and down Coos Bay, you know, up and down the coast there, with one sighting. Um, yeah, so I've been over to Chetco several times. When the weather was better, I used to just keep a camping bed in the back of my truck, and I would just go down there and stay and, you know, drive around uh, different places. Yeah. Why would she take the Jeep? I was just thinking about that. At some point, I've heard that that's not her main driving. That's not what she drives every day. Is that right? She has two cars. Uh, the only thing I can think of with the Jeep, well, there's two reasons. It would be that uh, her brother really didn't like the BMW, and the Jeep has enough room to sleep in. Mm. Is the BMW not an SUV? It is an SUV, but it's a smaller SUV. I see. And has and she been known? Her brother known? was kind of an American car guy. I <laughs> gotcha. Okay. He didn't really think it was a good idea. She bought the BMW in the first place, and he was probably right the first time she took it for repairs. Okay, so she's maybe, she's kind of, to me it sounds like, and I, I spoke with uh, Sean, who was the first stop that she had on this I can't, I only keep calling it a pilgrimage because she's kind of like on this mission, it seems to me, to kind of close or or tie up some loose ends for Dallas. Is that kind of how you saw it? Yeah. Okay. And takes Dallas, or takes the, you know, the car Dallas would have approved of, um, stops to see Dallas's friend. And so this is, yeah, this is uh, her trying to deal with this loss any way that she can and for for whatever reason yeah for whatever reason she just felt driven to do it you can't just sit around at one time we were in the middle of uh finishing a house her brother bonnie and i and at one time after dallas first pass we were still talking about finishing the house and then a few days later bonnie said i don't think i can do that okay i said i really i understand totally yeah of course um and, uh, you know, so it, it just kind of, uh, evolved where I think she was just jumping out of her skin. Okay. And she needed to do something. So you really feel like she is still going with that. She's, she's out there. She's, she's not either not doing well mentally, or this is what she needed to do to feel better and is out kind of living off the grid a little bit, maybe. That's one possibility, yes. Is that what you lean towards? Uh, that's kind of what I'd like to lean towards. Yeah. Another possibility is she's been abducted. Okay. And there's other possibilities sure, that sure. are even more grim than that. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I think, you know, kind of, I've not heard all that, uh, you know, what you guys talked about and everything like that before. So I 
would have to say I kind of lean towards that too. And and so it's kind of interesting to think about. And her timeline is very uh, erratic. She is buying stuff at Big Five and things at Fred Meyer that would kind of make you think she's going like on a hike or something, right? She buys lantern or flashlights and sporting goods clothes, like tennis shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems like she's going camping or going somewhere outdoorsy. Tuna, right. instant coffee. And then coffee. there's things that we haven't verified yet that she may have gone back to Big Five. Okay. So and still lots of unanswered And that she was in the company of someone else. And we're still following that up. Okay. And she knows lots of people down in that area because, like you said... Not really. Oh, no? Not really. She oh. knows a, a few people down there. Okay. Um, most of the kids that she grew up with down there have, have kind of like moved away. Hmm. Um, and uh, when she lived down there most recently, um, she spent 99% of her time either working or with her dog or remodeling the house she was in or hiking with her brother and I. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah, I there's obviously lots of unanswered uh, questions still, and you're as tips are coming in, you're kind of exploring each one because you just never know which one's exactly. going to be the real one. Exactly. Yeah, and it's maddening. I know, you know. We have to entertain everything just while in not case. Um, being able to believe anything. Right, you have to protect yourself, otherwise you'll go insane. But you also have to dive down each of these rabbit holes, and that is a grueling, tedious uh, roller coaster, I'm sure. I have no personal experience with that besides watching the Brysons go through it as well. And uh, the, the tips that come in are sometimes very cruel, and sometimes, I, I mean, all, all of them up to this point have not led to anything because Fauna's not here. You don't know where she right. is. So it's um it's very taxing, I'm yeah. sure. Yep. Well But you're still um, just chugging along. That's just uh you know, that I I've just uh kind of resolve myself to the fact that that's what life is now. You know. Not to sound too stupid, but it is what it is. No, I think that that's really, what else are you going to uh, say? <laughs> what else are you going to do, you know? You got to keep looking until you find out what happened to yep. her. And yep. the only way to do that is this way. So, I... Uh, Don't jump down the rabbit holes. Yep, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm I'm going to do, do my best to help uh, dive down some of these and, and see if we can get some some more people to come forward with information because there are a lot of holes in this story still. And I think that just the right person needs to hear it. It is possible she did want to go off the grid. There's a little bit more to that. Um, well, we were building this house. Um, the three of us read a lot. And mm-hmm. so we were, Bona had gotten these Dean Koontz novels. And uh, 
heroine in those novels. Basically, she knows some uh, stuff about the shadow government. And so they're after her. And so she depicts ways to go off the grid. Really? And, yeah, I guess you haven't heard anything about this. Well, No, like what types of things is she depicting? Well, one, you don't drive a car that's got uh, computer technology. Which, which her teeth didn't. And the BMW did. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but the BMW is a newer... It's, well, it's newer than the Jeep anyway, and a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. And then um, you don't use credit cards. And so okay. the credit card thing stopped. And we know that she had taken out cash at uh, different places because... But not too much, right? I think I only heard like $200. Yeah, that was at one time, and when uh, some of the surveillance stuff was seen, she already had money in her purse. I see. So that $200 was in addition to... Gotcha. And then um, she all, there was also changing your appearance, and okay. there, was, there was hair dye in the Jeep. Really? And in, was, unopened uh, then, or opened? This was unopened which adds to the mystery. I know. Uh, but, um... Just one box? One box, but it mm. was in a in a dark color. And sh has she ever been brunette before? No. Never. Okay, so you're kind of piecing these things together, going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. <sighs> okay, okay. And that's why I said that uh, We Ask You In could even have been a... Uh, a red, herring. a red herring. Interesting. And so is there anywhere that you can think of, like, has she ever talked about, oh, I wish I could go back to Colorado or, oh, I wish I could, I don't know, go live on an island somewhere, you know, like, have you guys ever had those kinds of discussions before? Oh, we have. Uh, we've thought of different places. Um, uh, a year and a half ago, her brother and I took a trip to Idaho. Oh, I love Idaho. And even we were thinking of going to Idaho. and uh, Just starting over kind of thing. Something like that. Uh, that was the plan after this house sold. Um, Where in Idaho? Uh, well, that was the thing. We went, when we took our little vacation there, we went to the wrong place in Idaho. We ended up going up the uh, west coast of Idaho, which was horrible. Mm. Yeah, you want to be on the Wyoming side. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we yes. just we just took that trip across southern Idaho last summer, and uh, you know we went through Boise and everything, which is a very nice city, but it's very city. And yeah. but once you go past Twin Falls and start heading over towards the Tetons, that's when it was really breathtaking. Right. Yeah, and right. and the Tetons. If I were going to yeah, escape so somewhere, <laughs> about a little a little town up there called Salmon. But uh, I kind of don't think she did that, you know. And, and I told you she lived in Colorado. I've been right. in touch with her former boss in Colorado. Okay. No, and he's not heard uh, from her? Correct. Okay. And um, do you have any connections in Salmon? No. Okay. 
And to your she knowledge... Something ha- she kind of saw on the internet, and we were saying we wish we went there instead of where we went. I see. Okay, okay. Not uh, even, not uh, like, a, I'm, I gotta go there. It's just, a, oh, we should have no. been over there instead of over here. No. Maybe next time. No, and she also talked about she always wanted to do the Appalachian Trail. Oh, okay. And, and that she really liked, uh, you know, the kind of a Tennessee, Kentucky type of thing, but then always talked about that she hated hot, humid summers, and that's what you get there. Well, yeah, good luck, yeah, and the bugs are the size of a that's golf ball. That's the thing, you start, you start complaining about Oregon, and then you start looking around. Yeah, I've lived in Florida, I've, uh, spent, I've done Georgia, North Carolina, if you can't deal with the humidity, stay away from those states, and also, if you can't yeah. deal with bugs the size of golf balls, stay away, <laughs> because yeah. they got them both, and, uh... I know, and that's what's true yikes. for... Probably Arkansas. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, um, not to speak of the cold winters, and then even Idaho, if you go uh, where you were talking about, they get huge amounts of snow, yes. and then the snow, you can't hike, so you're kind of holed True. up for the winter. True, which and, would be a big, uh, a big problem for her. And we've done... You know, snowshoes and, uh, you know, cross-country skis around here before, and that's just not that great. I guess it is, you know, I'm sure it is for some people. But, right, uh, not your thing. No, we've done it a few times. Yeah. And uh, it was never quite, you know, like meandering through the woods. So yeah. what about... um you know, something I've heard people asking, any any serious relationships or any romantic relationships right now that she may have teamed up with somebody to do this, to, to get off the grid or whatever it is that she's doing? Is there someone that you know of that she might be meeting up with? No one we know. I would have uh, checked it out. Okay. Um, there might be... There's things that say that uh, she may have met somebody that was either a friend of her brother's down there or somebody that she vaguely knew or something like that. Sure. Well, yeah, and you don't know. I mean, in in the state of mind she was in, too, it sounds like maybe she could have been extra vulnerable to, you know, teaming up with somebody that she wouldn't have before. It sounds like that's how it kind of was with the hitchhiker. That's not her normal behavior, but she has a lot of compassion for people and was in a very vulnerable state and took pity on this lady. Yeah, and she didn't, uh, she was in the headspace where she didn't have anything to lose. Right, a little, yeah, you could be a little more, a little more reckless probably than normal. Because yep. Mickey describes her, at least back in the high school days, as kind of more cautious, not one of those crazy, you know, they weren't crazy party kids. She was No, she, she was never got fun. crazy. She, she'd drink beers and have a good time. She never liked drugs. Yeah, she was, she was more conservative that. on that end. Which is which is good, but you know when someone goes missing, these are the kind of questions. Oh, people will say, "Oh, well, she must have been on drugs. Oh, she must have, you know, had an alcohol problem." It's like, no, it actually it's not the case this time, and a lot of times it is. But uh, Fauna right. doesn't have any of that. She doesn't check those boxes, and it almost makes it a little m- more chilling for people, me. When they think of missing people, I don't 
I don't think they put uh, tragedies in the mix. Um, yeah. As much. Yeah, and Fauna's is especially unique in that sense because she's yeah. had quite a few tragedies in a short period of time. And if you've not right. gone through that, which, uh, you know, not a lot of people have, I just don't think you can really grasp what. And that can actually, you know, that transfers over to trauma. Right, right. Trauma, there's there's a type of amnesia that's found with trauma. There's um, all kinds of... Yeah, your brain will do funny things to turn off the pain. Yep, exactly. And she was in a lot of pain, so I, I yep. don't doubt that anything is possible, you know, if she needed to block something out in order to just keep chugging along, and maybe that's what yep. she needed to do. Yep. I think uh, sometimes all of us wish that, that it was more voluntary thing <laughs> that you could block stuff out, but uh, it's certainly yeah. on the list of possibilities. Yeah, they, I, you know, we have uh, all different kinds of defense mechanisms. Right. And, um, you know, um, uh, I had somebody tell me years ago, and it, uh, I chewed it on it, chewed on it for a long time before it made sense, but they said that... Uh, Anger is stronger than sadness. Hmm. Certainly yeah. more of an impulsive uh, reaction. Anger is... Yeah, I could well, see that. It's stronger in the way that... It, if you think about it, it's part of a survival mechanism because sadness will take you to a place of such utter emptiness. That's true. You'll just that it wallow. despair. Right, right. Despair is dangerous. And total emptiness. Right. Whereas anger is an impetus. It's a survival mechanism. Definitely. And, you know, it would be difficult, especially with Dallas uh, passing, to not be angry. Like, what? If You know, why? Yeah. Why take him? It, you know, I've, haven't I gone through enough? Like, there's just so many things you can right. really dive down. And so right. anger makes perfect but sense. at that age. Yes. When, when uh, the day before, we were all, the three of us, we were working together. We were putting in this, uh, the, a hardwood floor at the spec house, you know. Yeah, you're, you were very fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time with your adult children I don't think a lot of people have that, but then it makes it even more difficult right now that, that she's not here, and uh, and now you're just spending a lot of time looking for her. Well, yeah. So it's a give and take, for sure. You've been boots on the ground for months and months and months, and checking these leads out on your own, and there's a lot of information here that, that's yet to be found, so you never know who might be listening that might have that missing piece. Well, hey, I saw her two weeks later, and I saw her here, here, and here, you know? You just don't know. It could well, be that's anybody. that's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's why we're doing this. Speaking with the parent of a missing person is gut-wrenching. It's impossible to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's lost a child, let alone three. I struggle knowing that nothing I say can make it better, and that's part of this process that I am familiar with. Fauna has a unique story, and she is, as we're learning, a very unique person. More cut off from technology than the social norm these days, and that's making finding out what happened to her even harder. 
Trying to piece together a theory, the things that really stuck out to me while talking to John were the book series that they were reading together, the hair dye that was found in the Jeep, and Sam in Idaho. As soon as I got off the phone with John, I downloaded the first book in the series he was telling me about. It's called The Silent Corner. The opening line said something like, Those who are truly off the grid and cannot be tracked through any technology, but are able to move about freely and use the internet, are said to be in the silent corner. It kind of spooked me. I also did some quick searches on Sam in Idaho. It's a rural town of about 3,000. It's right on the border of Montana. Salmon was described to me as a town you don't drive through. If you're in Salmon, it's because you were going to Salmon. Sounds like a good place to get off the grid to me. Like John, it's nicer for me to imagine Fauna's doing that. But there are a lot more people to weigh in on what may have happened. Next time on Nowhere to be Found. My name is Lorna, and my niece, Mickey went to school with Fauna. And then I ran into her the day after um, her brother Dallas had passed away. And she asked me if I knew that Fauna Fry was missing. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And she says, no, she really, she's missing. And I said, I, I just saw her. Things that happen on the timeline are not her. She wouldn't normally do that. We've been asked how our listeners can contribute to the show, so we set up an account with Patreon. Check out the link in our show notes if you're interested in supporting our cause. You can also find it on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com.